world's on fire, our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. Hey, pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass the salt. But we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. I'm just a pilgrim. I'm thinking, I get my earplug in. I'm just a pilgrim. It's a pilgrim. The Holy Spirit just said that to me. Hey, Spencer, go to Mr. Webster. What's a pilgrim? Not the pilgrims. We know who the pilgrims were. Remember that John John Wayne, you say, pilgrim, right? What's a pilgrim? What is Holy Spirit just spoke that to me. Pilgrim, pilgrim. A wanderer, a traveler, particularly one that travels to a distance from his own country to visit a holy place, or to pay his devotion to the remains of dead saints. I had no idea. Isn't the Holy Spirit amazing? In Scripture, one that has only a temporary residence on earth. Now, the Holy Spirit just said that to me out of nowhere. Because, hey, folks, if you weren't hit part of the, you know, we, we have, I, I'll get this thing in there. We have a, uh, people, and they have a discussion group going on and on. And I jumped in there, and I was talking about something. I don't know what it was. So this wasn't this wasn't staged, but as the, as the as the opening began to play, the Holy Spirit said to me, "Pilgrim, said you're a pilgrim." But that's kind of odd, isn't it? Well, it's kind of odd because we don't understand language, and as, as I often like to, I'm, I'm sorry, I keep grabbing my ears. You know, as, as a change the words, change the world, change the change the meaning of words, and you change the world. And we're in the midst of it. And, and to be, be honest with you, uh, we are in a process right now in America. Uh, we're a nation divided because we're a nation divided by language. And, and, but we haven't caught up with it. In fact, the church hasn't even caught up with it. It's particularly, the church hasn't even caught up with it. That the words that, we, that, we, that were common to us in 1960, 1970, when we were being raised, those aren't the same words. Our children are not using the same words. And I was thinking about this this morning. <clears throat> education as I was I was up early and I was doing some doodling and diddling this morning. I began to think about education. And if a child would go to edu- go to first grade or second grade or third, pick whatever grade you is. Well, whatever grade it is. Can somebody out there really explain to me? Our, our children are homeschooled. Our children are my grandchildren are all homeschooled. Uh, so they're not in they're not in the <clears throat> what do what do kids do all day in school? What do they, I want you to think about it in a minute. What do they do all day in school? And they're in school for, thir- excuse me, 13 years, if you count kindergarten. Now we've got preschool and all that, right? <clears throat> why, do they pros- why do they possibly teach them for 13 years? What do, we, what do we possibly teach them? Our granddaughter, Reese, who I think is 12, maybe. Uh, Michelle was working with her last night on percentages and fractions, and you guys all know how crazy that stuff is. But once you get that and understand that, boom, you get it, right? So then you lead them into what? What comes next? Uh, algebra? Geometry? I'm, uh, really, hey, folks, 13 years. Really? 13 years? 13 years? 13 years of math? 13 years? And and I've come to realize that more and more of it is is nothing more than uh, filler time for the teachers. Got to, teachers got to, especially in elementary schools, got to child in there for <clears throat> six and a half, seven hours. Got to figure something for them to do. We have no control over what exactly that is. I'm thinking back over my high school education, I, I told Michelle this the other night. Sorry, stream of consciousness here. I didn't learn anything good in college. Anybody out there? Can anybody point to something they actually learned in college? I, I don't. I don't think I did. I don't think I did. I, I learned how to be a pagan. I learned that, and they they, they sent me. My mom and dad paid a lot of money to send me away to four years to live a godless life. That's what they did. We called it education. Everybody had to get a college degree, <clears throat> and here we are. I'm sorry, I got a frog today. <clears throat> 
And here we sit today and we understand that uh, people are destroyed for lack of knowledge and understand that most, for the most part, when a child graduates from college, they have, no, they have no religious understanding, no religious training. They're thrown into a world with a whole different set of values and worldview than what the average Christian person would have, right? That's why the Bible says broad is the way, narrow is the gate. Uh, a wide it is, and there, few find it. Few find it wide. Because the real way to salvation requires uh, learning and study and understanding and revelation and all those things that we don't, we don't like. And I guess I'm, I'm running around the back trail. I'm coming around the bend here to say this. I was... Um, our show yesterday with Tim Tubra uh, did one thing to me again, and it showed me how little we understand Christianity, how little we understand it. We do not know. I'm, look, I love all of you. We're on a journey together here. And so when I say we, I'm talking about me too, right? Me too. How, how, how about this? How inquisitive my whole life I've been, non-inquisitive, about things of faith. Think how much time you spent in church. All of you guys, you know, I'm 70. How much time you spent in church and you look back over it, you really didn't learn much of anything. Really, not, not really. I mean, the pastor gave nice sermons and, you know, you felt good when you went out there and you had friends, you had fellowship, but to, to really dive in deep to the understanding of the scriptures, not a whole lot of that going on. Wasn't a whole lot. In fact, the Holy Spirit gave me uh, James 5 as the program opened up. Those of you who were listening in the pre-show will attest to the fact that that uh, I said to Spencer, just as, as the, the promo was playing, I said, Spencer, pull up James 5. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go there in a second. Uh, but I, mean, I, was ta- I was touched yesterday, again, from listening to Pastor Tim Tubra, that God, I... I, I do you think the average person understands what it means to be justified? Do you think anybody knows what it means to be endued from on high? Do you think they, if you sit down the average Christian, do you think they have any idea on that? And I'd say odds are probably not. Do you think they have any idea of the authority that they have as a believer in Jesus? Do you really? Do you really have any idea? Or have you been trained your whole life that if you have a problem, you go to the pastor because he's the authority? Give me a thumbs up. Say, yeah, that's what I've been trained. That's what I've been trained. I wonder where he learned that. I wonder he where he learned his theology. And I'm struck this morning, again, by, by a um, phrase I can never, ever get away from. It's in James 5. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but it's important I get there. Um, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. I, I often can't shake that. Uh, I want you to, I want to just stop there. I'm not going to, I'm not spanking you. I just want you to think, okay. How many of you would say you have a effectual prayer life? Hey, Spencer, wake up. Just go, go to, just kidding, dude. Go to, go to Mr. Webster and look up effectual, E-F-F. Effect. See, effect is there, right? Do you see that? Effect, effect, meaning what? To have an effect, an effect. An effectual, according to the uh, uh, producing an effectual prayer is producing an effect or the effect desired or intended or have adequate power or force to produce the effect. The means employed were effectual. So I wonder how many of you spend much of your time in prayer. I'm not beating up on anybody. I'm asking a question and your prayers aren't effectual. You, don't, you, you see no results from anything that you pray. So you can say amen. Go ahead and say amen if you want to. Uh, and in fact, not only, are, not only are our prayers not effectual, for the most part, they're very, very shallow and very and not targeted at all. They're not targeted. Mm. Lord, protect Joey, protect Tammy. And oh, Lord, don't let anything bad happen to them. Is that, effect, is that, a, is that an effectual prayer? Or how about this? I don't have one here. What if I grabbed this rosary over here and said uh, 10 Hail Marys and five Our Fathers? And is, that a, is it effectual? Because the book of James, James 5, I wanna, I'm going to get to here in a sec. Well, let's go there. Holy Spirit just prompted me again. Must be something in there. James 5. Again, just gave me this. I've been up there doing research for two hours, and it gives me this. Go to now ye rich men. Rich men, weep and howl. 
for your miseries that shall come upon you. So no matter how much money you got, and even though they talk about the the, uh, uh, the prosperity gospel, seems like here, James saying that ain't going to do you much good. Your riches are corrupted and your garments are moth-eaten. In other words, the natural world all around is falling apart. No matter how much you've collected, it's falling apart. Your gold and silver is cankered, and the rust of them shall be a witness against you. They're going to say, look at all that money he had that he left behind. Look at all that stuff. Look at all that crap he had. <laughs> and I'll be a witness against you that you and shall eat your flesh as if it were fire. Ye have heaped up treasure together for the last day. So you've, you've stored up all this stuff, all this religious stuff we've stored up for, for the last days. Huh? I was thinking about last last night. Uh, my If I were to drop over dead, I won't miss out, I promise. If I were to drop over dead today, are my affairs in, in order? Does Mel, Michelle know where I got? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think she does. Anyway, behold, the higher of the laborers who have reaped down your fields, which is of you kept back by fraud. You cry. And the cries of them who have reaped are entered into the ears of the Lord. In other words, the Lord hears these people who've been ripped off. They've been ripped off. And so much of Christianity is about getting everything that you can while ignoring the the, the person who's getting ripped off in this whole mess, right? This is kind of my version of it. I'm just kind of interpreting it as I go on. But this is what I say. It says, you've lived in pleasure on the earth, been wanton. You've nourished your hearts as in a day of slaughter. You just kept healthy, wealthy, and wise. That's what your whole life was about. You have condemned and killed the just. He's talking to believers. And he does not resist you. Be patient, therefore, brothers, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth, and have long patience for it until he receive the early and the latter rain. Be ye also patient, establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Boy, I could preach right there, but I'm not going to. How about this one? Verse 9, Betty. Don't hold a grudge against one another. I don't, I don't know why I said Betty. <laughs> I just see you there. Don't hold a grudge against one another, brothers, lest you be condemned. How many of you out there holding a grudge? How many people are holding a grudge against you? How many believers, fellow believers, people who used to be your friends, are holding a grudge? Behold, the judge stands before the door. Take, my brethren, the prophets who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering, affliction, and of patience. He's talking about those, the prophets, who, those who speak for God. They've had a rough life, man. they're an example of suffering and affliction, but also of patience. They they stayed at it. They kept doing it. Behold, we count them happy, which endure. Ye have heard of the patience of Job and have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. But above all things, my brother, swear not, neither by heaven, neither by the earth, neither by any other oath, but let your yea be yea and your nay be nay, lest you fall into condemnation. Just do what you say you're going to do. And don't do what you say you're not going to do. Just let you, just do that. How about we just started there? Are there any sick among you? Are there any out there, any sick out there? We'll let him pray. Are there any merry? We'll let him sing songs. And the prayer of faith, whoops, and is any sick among you? I'm sorry, 14. Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. It's pretty simple stuff, isn't it? Pretty simple stuff. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. Look, words mean things. Prayer of faith shall, doesn't say heal the sick, does it? And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. And the Lord shall raise him up. And if he's committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. Why? Because the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. So I asked myself here this morning on Groundhog Day, are my prayers effectual? Are you just doing rote repetition in your prayer life? Or are your prayers specifically targeted? Have we been taught to specifically target our prayers? And I shared with us yesterday about the Psalm 91, that he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High abides under the shadow of the Almighty. And the authority structure of God, that me, I'm the patriarch of, of my branch of the Dobbin Myers, and my wife is the matriarch. 
And she and I dwell together. And every one of those children and grandchildren are under my covering. They have my name attached to them. They're under my covering. Do I understand? Has the church ever really taught me, well, pray for your children. Pray for, hey, would you pray for my children? Yeah, I get that. But do you understand the powerful authority that you have? That you have as a matriarch and patriarch of the family? Has the church taught us that? Are there sick among us because we haven't figured this whole thing out? Why the heck do you want to pray if your prayer isn't effectual? Hey, Spencer, what's fervent mean? Fervent. The effectual fervent. 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 Hot. Boiling. Temperature. Vehement. Ardent. Warm, earnest, excited, animated, glowing. So the effectual, hot prayer of a righteous man gets some stuff done. I would say this probably, I'm I'm talking to me, I'm talking to my wife, but my phone's blowing up. Must be hitting somebody in the teeth here. (laughs) Uh, I often wonder if my prayers are, are effectual and fervent. I often wonder if I just don't pray out of duty. Somebody say amen. I just kind of amen. Amen. Thank you, amen. Thank you, Lord. Hey, Lord, thank you. Cover me today. Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Hey, Lord, uh, uh, don't keep the devil away from me. No, well, those aren't very hot, are they? They aren't very hot. So if our prayers availeth much, they have to be effectual and fervent. If I get it, fervent in spirit, ardent, very warm, earnest, excited, animated. I'll pray for you, brother. And then you don't. Amen. Amen. So I was, I was, I was uh, struck yesterday by, as I was listening to Tim Tuber, Michelle said after the show, man, they were quiet. And I said, well, yeah, they were quiet. What were they supposed to say? Because for the most part, we do not understand who we are in Christ. Would everybody agree with that? Amen. Amen. We don't Boom. know. We're not taught it. How would you ever understand? How would I understand that I that I sit in hell? Well, where is it? I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not sorry. I'm going. Let me let me do it. Where is it? Yeah, uh, Colossians three. Bring up Colton. No, is it Colossians three? Whatever's at the bottom. Number six. Stay. Bear with me. If you then be risen with Christ, oh, hey, Betty, are you risen with Christ? Huh? Doesn't say going to be raised with Christ. It says if you are risen with Christ. I would assume that means um, just on my own left punch in there. Baptism, died, died in, in baptism, risen in Christ. Right. If you be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection not on the things on this earth. What's wrong with you? Set your affections on the things that are above. Because, Betty, Myra, you are dead. <laughs> you know what it says? But you're dead. You mean? And your life is hid with Christ. What? Yeah, I'm a dead man walking. I don't get it. I don't understand it. I don't get it, but that's what it says. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. Why? Because he's in me. He is my life. The, the spirit, this, I died. I'm a dead man walking. Same Christ to raise, same spirit to raise Christ from the dead. Now empowers me and dwells me. When Christ comes, I'm, I'll be immediately with him. Why? Because he's in me. Sucks everyone. Mm, boy, oh boy. <clears throat> Mortify. You know what that means, right? Mortify. Go see a mortician. Doesn't mean embalm you. Means kill, therefore, your members which are upon the earth. Kill fornication and uncleanness and inordinate affection. Wow. Amen. What does that mean? Evil concupiscence. Look up that word, Spencer, because we don't even know what that means and you can't even spell it. Concupiscence. Evil concupiscence. What is that? Uh, Consumer sense. Consumer sense. Un- 
lust, unlawful or irregular desire of sexual pleasure, in more general sense, the coveting of carnal things or an irregular appetite for worldly good. See, that's the gospel we're hearing today, worldly good, a gospel that makes your life here healthy, wealthy, and wise. Carnal things, which by the way, the gospel tells us, kill those carnal things. And today's American church preaches carnal things. Somebody give me a thumbs up. Say, God, say, coach, you're, you're all, you're all, I know him. Holy Spirit's all over, right? Let's go, let's go back there. Let's go back there. Yeah, mortify evil, sexual, carnal desires. Okay, look, mortify therefore your members. Get away from fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection. I'd like to figure out what that is. Evil, sexual, physical pleasures, covetousness, which is idolatry. And for which, for which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience. That's why God gets angry with us because we haven't forsaken those things. That's why these things are appear in your life. That's why the trouble that we have in our life is coming because why? We've been diso- we're the children of disobedience. Amen. In which you also walk some time when you lived in them. But now, what do you mean now? What do you mean now? After I've put off the old man and put on the new man. I used to walk in that evil concupiscence, whatever that is. <laughs> and I used to walk in that. I don't do that anymore, right? But now you also put off these. There's some more things you got to get rid of. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Gossip, not so much swearing, gossip. Talking about one another, running one another down. That's evil. That's filthy communication. Lie not to one another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds, and you put on the new man. Quit lying, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Whether there, where there is neither, there's no Greek, there's no Jew. You're, you're not, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You're not a messianic Jew. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Amen. There's no circumcision or uncircumcision. I'm just reading this right out of the Bible. All right. There's no Baptist. There's no Lutheran. There's no Methodist. There's no Presbyterian. There's no non-denominational. None of those things. Amen. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowls of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, forgiving one another. And if any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgive you, forgive him, will you? Quit holding the grudge. Amen. And above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. What does that even mean? How could you write something like this? Amen. And let the peace of God rule in your heart. See, the peace of God's going to rule in your heart if you do all that. If you do all that, to which also you're called in one body. We're all one body. Be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Give thanks to God and the Father by him. See, you cannot be, hmm. Doesn't the Bible say somewhere that being carnally minded is death? Dale would know that. Dale, isn't that somewhere? To be carnally minded is death, I'm pretty sure. Just came to me. Holy Spirit well, wouldn't lie. Huh? I, I, well, I I couldn't pull the scripture right out, but yeah, you're you're absolutely right. <laughs> the carnally minded is death. Carnally, and your entire church service for the most part's carnal. Romans eight. Romans eight, yeah. Romans eight. Romans eight. To be carnally minded. Romans eight six. There. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, for to be car- verse six, for to be carnally mi- that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after. Go back to one. I got to do one here. Or a- hey, folks, I- there's an anointing on me. I-, I don't know if you can feel it. There is therefore now no condemnation to them, which is I've said this before. There's a difference between condemnation and conviction. Amen. If if you are in the Holy Spirit, you better have conviction. 
Amen. The con- conviction is the idea. Ooh, don't do that. That's not right. Stop that now. Tell the truth. Condemnation is, oh, you dummy. See what you did. You call yourself a Christian. See, there's no condemnation in that in Christ Jesus. There is conviction. Those are not the same. For the law, oh, my goodness. For the law of the spirit of life. Dang, gone, boys and girls. There's a law called the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. What? The law? Not just the spirit of life, but the law of the spirit of life? In Christ Jesus, look at this, has made me free from the law of sin and death. Can somebody tell me real, really easily what's the law of sin and death? This is so simple and so basic. What is the law of sin and death? The soul that somebody. sins shall surely die. The soul that sins, it shall die. That's the law of sin and death, right? But the, spirit, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus trumps that law. Are you with me? That's what, that's what Tim was talking about yesterday. That law is trumped by the law of the spirit of life. For what the law could not do, what law? Uh, do this, don't do that, do this, do this, follow this. Do this. What the law couldn't do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in likefulness a sinful flesh, and for sin condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. We're supposed to be walking after the spirit and not desiring the things of the flesh. Somebody say amen. We're not taught this in our church. Amen. Amen. For they that are after the flesh do the things that the flesh wants them to do. But they that are after the Spirit, why, they do the things that the Spirit wants them to do. For to be carnally minded is death. In other words, to be controlled by your natural desires of just your carnal mind, it's death. But to be spiritually minded is life. Betty. And peace. Life and peace. Two for one on that one. Because the carnal mind is an enemy of God. Because the carnal mind is not subject to the law of God. Neither can it be. That's why you have to die to it. So that then they that are in the flesh cannot Please, God, cannot, not do not, not will not. If you are in the flesh, you cannot please God. Hey, folks, that battle goes on continuously. And I always, when we went to the abortion clinic, I'm going to give you a lesson here, okay? I'm sorry if I'm rambling on here. No, I'm not. When we would go to the abortion clinic, I always had a rule with everybody that went to the abortion clinic because a lot of times I would get in the flesh. I'd get really ticked off. The people are going in there killing, killing babies, and the death scorch are there, and people are helping them kill their babies. And sometimes I would, sometimes I'd start, I'd just start coming out of my mouth. And we always had this rule that when we would get together at the abortion clinic, hey, if you feel me getting in the flesh, just put your hand on my shoulder. Abortion uh, mail. When I get into that abortion mail and I start calling that, when I start calling that death scorp, his names for what he is, and I start to get in the flesh because I'm pissed, you know what I'm talking about? Somebody comes over and puts a hand on my shoulder. I know, coach. You ain't pleasing God because that's that carnal man that's coming out of you. Because the battle is always there. And we got to keep that guy, we got to keep that carnal guy beat down. Stay back. I'm about done. It's from the Lord, folks. Take it for what it's worth. Get the scripture back up there for me, Spence. Did I hit something? There you go. Okay. And then they say this. Is there any sick among you? Anybody out there sick? Well, let him pray. Anybody marry? Let him sing songs. This is the same one. We still in the same spot. Or did you flip on me? Yeah, there I am. There. Yeah. Flipped on me there. 
So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But, hey, you're not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man doesn't have the spirit of Christ, he doesn't belong to Christ. No, he is. And if Christ be in you, the body's dead because of sin. But the spirit is life because of righteousness. Pastor Tim told us that yesterday. Righteousness is in, 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 I can't get the word out. Endued to us. But the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. Your life is not your life anymore. You have died and you, believe it or not, are kept alive right now today because of the spirit of Christ who lives inside you. You are dead. The old you clay that flying, uh, dare young man on a flying trapeze, that guy is dead, Clay, and you are only kept alive tonight, today, because of the Spirit of Christ that's inside of you. Amen. We don't, we don't understand the reality of this, friends. This is more, this is life itself. It said, Jesus said, he's life. He is life. When you got, when you got born again, that old guy literally died. And the only thing that keeps you alive now is the Holy Spirit's quickened your mortal body. Wow. But if the Spirit of Him that raised Christ from the dead dwells inside, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwells in you. Therefore, brothers, we're debtors, not to the flesh, to accumulate all the stuff we can. No. But if we live after the flesh, then you're going to die. But if through the Spirit you kill the deeds of your body, you're going to live. <laughs> For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. Whoa, to what? You have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. Fear is bondage. But you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Daddy! And the Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Man, this is good. Next one, go on. And if children, then heirs. What? Join heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, then we're going to be glorified together. For I reckon that the suffering of this present time is not worthy to be compared with the glory that's waiting for us. For the earnest, oh my goodness, for the earnest expectation of the creature, Randy, is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. Will the sons of God please show up? For the creature was made subject to vanity. Not willingly. We didn't do it on purpose, but by reason of him who hath subjected the same in hope. Because the creature itself, meaning your natural man, also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. We know that the whole creation groaneth and trilleth and pain together until now. Not only they, but we do too, which have the first fruits of the Spirit. Even we ourselves grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to witness the redemption of our body. We're saved by hope. But hope that is seen isn't hope. What a man seeth, why do you hope for it? But if we hope for that which we don't see, then do we with patience wait for it? Wow, this is sick. I'm going to stop because I go on and on and on and on and on and on. And I guess the point that I'm trying to make here today is uh, we're destroyed because we don't get it. We don't understand. We don't understand. But likewise, the Spirit, likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. So we know not what we should pray for as we ought. 
but the Spirit itself prays for us. How about that? What? Amen. With groanings that cannot be uttered. Don't you dare be speaking in them tongues. Don't you dare. And he that searches the heart knows what is the mind of the Spirit. Wow, Lord. Folks, you read and think, and he that searches the heart knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit. The Spirit has a mind? Because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to those that love God and to them who are called according to his purpose. You can do all the praying you want if you're not called according to his purpose. It ain't effectual and it ain't going to work. For whom he did foreknew, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of the Son of God. You guys are supposed, me, Coach Dave, I'm supposed to be conformed to the image of God. Why? He's my brother. Why? That he might be the firstborn among many brothers. Jesus has a lot of brothers. This is, this is so deep we can't even grasp it. Jesus isn't just Lord. He's your brother. He's the firstborn Brother. Over whom he did predestinate, them also he called. And whom he called, them he justified. It's what Tim talked about yesterday. And whom he justified, them he glorified. So what shall we say to these things then? The world's going on around us. If God is for us, he can be against us. Because he spared not his own son, but delivered him up for all of us. How shall he not with him also freely Give us all things. Because you better realize this. God made a deal with his son. And his son says, Dad, if I go down and do this, will you do that? He says, yep, I sure will. So the father's vow is to the son. You can break it all you want to. The father and the son, they ain't breaking their vow to each other. Who shall lay anything then to the charge of God's elect? It's God that justifies. Who's he that condemns? It's Christ that died, yet rather that is risen again. Who's even right now at the right hand of God who makes intercession for us right now? And who, this is interesting, not what, not what, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Not what. And then he, look at this. And then he, says who, and then he lists things. Tribulation, is that, a, is that a thing? Is that a who? Tribulation's a who? Distress is a who? Persecution's a who? Famine's a who? Nakedness is a who? Peril, sword, those are who's? No, they come through who's. <laughs> they come through who's. Oh, my goodness. As is written, for thy sake we're killed all day long. And we're all counted as sheep for the slaughter. But nay, in all these things, we're more than conquerors. Wow, so deep. Through him that loved us. For I'm persuaded. By the way, persuaded means I used to think one way, now I think another. Well, I'm persuaded that neither death nor life. Well, we got I lost it there. Uh, there, right, come on, 38. For I'm persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Amen. Dang, is that powerful? The average Christian ain't got any clue. I'm talking about me. I got no clue. The power. My big brother. My big brother's got the ear of my daddy. And not only does my big brother have the ear of my daddy, the Bible says he's praying for me. He's making intercession for me. My big brother 
was talking to my daddy on my behalf. It's a mystery, isn't it? It's a mystery. I want you to know something. Every bit of what you just heard was from the Holy Spirit. I had no idea. Just how it's going to go. And I just pray that all of us would come to the realization of who we are in Christ. If we were to get that, hmm. one more thing, I'll, I'll open it up here. I got a, I got a nice little um, email yesterday from uh, some, somebody just started watching the show. And uh, they're watching it with their, uh, this person's watching it with their 12, 13-year-old son. <clears throat> and said, Coach, I'm... Uh, I'm so I'm concerned because sometimes uh, you'll say things that really my I don't want my 13 year old son to hear. For instance, what homosexual behavior is, right? You guys know what I'm saying, right? I'd say it's when a man does this with this, right? I say that. He said, you know, I don't don't really want my try to guard the ears of my. I said, man, bingo. That's true. That's true. But I said this. You come here, you get the good, the bad, and the ugly. You get the good, the bad, and the ugly. And the reason homosexuality isn't repulsive to us is because nobody ever says what it is. We never say what it looks like. Amen. You come here, I'm going to say what it looks like. Amen, Coach. Amen. If it's repulsive to hear, it ought to be repulsive to do. You with me? So I appreciate you sending the right spirit. But good, bad, and the ugly, dude. That's what we do here. That's what we do here. I'm more offended by what they do than the fact that I describe it. Yes? Now, I understand protecting your own kids' ears. I get it. Boy, I got so much. Golly. I had so much good stuff I was going to go to. Uh, Come on in, Clay. I get so much strength from Romans. The book of Romans and uh, chapter eight, what you just read, two of those verses, chapter eight, verse 13 and verse 18 are two of the verses that I've got highlighted in my Bible that I don't think I could get through each day without. What are those? Well, 13 says, for if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the spirit, do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. And if you look up mortify, it says it means subdue and control. So if you read it again, and it is for if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the spirit do subdue and control the deeds of the body, ye shall live. And that's what we have to do every day. Control the deeds of the body. Control. We have the power to do that. Right? And then the power to do that. So that's why I don't go around that's why I don't go around saying I'm a sinner saved by grace. I'm not a I'm no longer a sinner. I am a sinner saved by grace, but I don't identify that. I'm a child of the king. I'm an heir of salvation to the throne of God. That's who I am. You want to be a sinner saved by grace? Well, you go be one. I ain't gonna be that. With me? Cool. Bernie. Oh, sorry. Thank you. Thanks, Coach. Uh, another thing that comes up is, you know, when you think about the petitions in the Lord's Prayer, so many times when you're just at prayer meeting, they just take it. It's, it's sick call, you know. Everybody's sitting yep, out. Yep. And, sick call. Good know. one. And so I, so I say, you know, just put, pull out at least one thing on there. Pray that God's name will be hallowed. Pray that God's name will be respected in in, in a city council, in the, in the board meetings, the people, the fear of God, pray that God's name will be hallowed. People, you know, pray that his kingdom will come. Pray that, and then his will will be done, you know, so. On earth, um, you mean on earth, but, Bernie? Pray that this. Right, yeah, right here, come. right here, right now. Right now? Right now, <laughs> yeah. Wow, that'd right. be different, huh? That'd uh, yeah. be different. Yeah. Wow. Just, just yeah. pull out those See, petitions and at least pray for one of the, two of those every time you pray. All right. Those, I mean, look, we do care about the second too, but but don't we care about what God told us to pray about? We should. 
You should. So but Bernie, that's, it, part, I, that's part of the, the self-centered gospel that we've been fed over the last 50 years. But the gospel is about being reconciled with God, not about the Amen. other things are extra. Okay. I'm okay. with you, man. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm with thank you. you. I know. Yeah. I want to hear everybody else, too. So it's Good stuff, huh? It's good thank stuff. You. Can you believe an old helmet head like me can, can see this stuff? It's the anointing of the Holy Spirit. He can do it for you, too. He can do it for you. He revealed truth. Really, look, folks, truth revealed is a revelation of Jesus Christ. Do you understand that? Do you you really understand that? That revealed truth is a revelation of Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth. When you see the truth, you see Jesus. That's why truth is, that's why truth matters. Janine. Great, great show. Um, in you. Earlier you, in one of those verses, it mentioned charity. And you said, geez, I'm not sh- quite sure what that means. Charity means a supreme love for the Lord. That's everything you were talking about, a supreme love for the Lord. And, mm. it, ha- and it deals with our character. Um, I just had a, a, a very good a friend of mine from when I was really young, she's always wanted a battering uh, bat with me with the word. And she was talking about baptism. Um, it has to be in the name of Jesus. She says, there's no other place in the word where it says not to. I said, well, you certainly need to go to Matthew 28 verses 17 through 20. I said, right out of the Jesus's name, uh, his mouth, it says baptize in the name of the father, son, and the Holy ghost. But she says, Oh, but Acts 2.38, I said, they go yeah. together. They go yeah. together. I, Spencer, can you put up name on there uh, from the uh, um, 1828? We don't understand. You were just, you've been talking about uh, supreme love for the Lord and what we should, uh, charity, putting on the whole armor of God. That means his character. A name is a character. Yeah, yeah she, keep, she keeps saying it's not a person. I said, it's yeah, a renowned, fame, put, honor, celebrity, eminence, praise, distinction. Wow. wow. Go, go, on the, go towards the bottom. It is a person, but it's also Christ's character. That's why we're supposed to put on the whole armor. Why? Yesterday, um, Tim was talking about, or somebody mentioned, um, gave an example of going on a cruise ship and buying the ticket and only getting part of it. Why would you right. want part of it? Get the whole That's right. armor. That's right. That's right. Uh-huh. Look at this. Number eight, authority, behalf, part, as the name of the people. When a man speaks or acts in the name of another, he does it by their authority or on their behalf as their representative. Right? We, we have something about that name, right? So when I baptize, uh, Janine, just keep everybody happy. I baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, I cover all the bases. George, come on in. Yes, good morning. Um, he, he said, change the words, change the world. Yep. I, I have to pay strict attention to the words. And it says, in earth as it is in heaven. A lot uh-huh. of times people say, on earth as it is in heaven. And it says, cast the net, not over the boat, but over the right side of the boat. And it says, not, you are not called according to his purpose. You, you are the called according to his purpose. I don't know. I, I don't know. I well, so I would it. say this, George. So, George, yeah. here's what I think. I am earth. In earth. I'm, I'm made out of dust. Yeah. That's I don't what, know why what. I had to say it. It just, it, it hits me that the words I have to pay strict attention to them. That and matter. So, they do matter. So ask the Lord, yeah. hey, ask the Lord to show you, man. He, don't, he doesn't keep any secrets. Have him, have him reveal that to you. Don't come. Uh, uh, hey, that's how we get in the mess. Come to me. I'm an expert. So you come and ask me. And I tell you what it means. Then you believe that your whole life. And I was wrong. So take it to the Lord. Jeff, come on in. And then uh, Patriot, Kevin. Hey, the things that Clay was just talking about. He didn't get to read verse 18, but that just hit me when I when I was reading that. He was going to go to 18. How did he read verse 18? He lo- missed that one. Clay can't read very well. No, <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding, Clay. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. In us. Glory revealed in us. Victory over it. Yeah, amen. Kevin. 
Well, what a powerful word we were just given that charity means supreme love of the Lord. And it reminds me of that old saying, charity starts at home. All right, mm-hmm. the supreme love of the Lord starts in the family and with the family. And that's what it reminded me of. That was a great word. Thank you for that. Amen. Amen. It's all, it's all good. It's all good. Uh, Myra. Yes, Coach. Um, thank you, Holy Spirit, uh, for always showing up and showing off in Coach Dave's show. Like Randy Lansford will say, oh, my God, all the good food we get to eat every day from all the listeners. I'm learning yeah. from each of you. And in regard to that man walking, Deuteronomy 28 through uh, 28, 13. And the Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail. And thou shalt be above only, and thou shalt not be beneath. If that thou hearken unto the commandments of the Lord thy God, which I command thee this day to observe and do them. Hallelujah. So here's what we don't understand. Are you looking at me? You are not a body. You live in one. You're not a body. We'll say it again. You're not a body. Amen. You live in a body. Amen. I'm going to say it again. You're not a body. Like I have some cars sitting out there. Those are my cars, but I'm not that car. I go get in that car and that car takes me someplace. But people don't see me drive down the road and say, oh, there goes Coach Dave, although they might say that. But if they say there goes Coach Dave, they're saying there goes Coach Dave in that car. They're not saying the car's me. If we can come to the realization that you are a car that carries you around, a better understanding, your mind, your will, your emotions, all that stuff is 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 non non-carnal. It's non-carnal. You gotta get that's why the pigs that's why the Gadarenes and the when uh, Jesus was dealing with the, the demoniac at the Gadarenes. And he's gonna cast the gonna cast the demoniac into the in into the uh, gonna cast him out. What did what they say? What'd they say? Oh no, man, don't do that. Throw us into those pigs. Throw us into those pigs. Why? Because they can't operate without a body. They can't operate in the natural world without a body. Holy Spirit wants to get in you so he can operate in you because he can't operate without a body. Well, he can, but you get what I'm saying. Works through you. Go ahead, Reggie and Randy. Thank you, Coach. I hear uh, the word representative. Um, I like to use the word ambassador because Mm -hmm. St. Paul says we are ambassadors. What's an ambassador? It's um, an official sent in from a foreign land. You have authority representing a government, right? Yeah, um, but we live in a foreign country. Yeah, yeah. So our Lord said, my kingdom is not of this world. So taking on the characteristics of Christ, absolutely. So the ambassador has to speak truth and all truth. That's how you tell if somebody's a true ambassador of the Lord and they put on the full armor of God. They will only speak truth. So ambassador is a good word. Amen. It is. It is for sure. Boy, not anymore. <laughs> not, not around the world. Not in the carnal nature, right? Oh, no, not so much. Randy, then Tim. Yeah, Coach, I love that. That's a great picture of the body. That is a awesome, if you think about it. See, God did this. He did it the natural. He did everything in the natural first. Paul teaches it that in First Corinthians 15. First the natural, then the spiritual. He did it all with the nation of Israel and the natural, Coach. He moved. He had a temple. And, and it was a physical thing, and it was all, everything stood for something. It was a picture of something in the spirit that was to come. And it moved around, and, and he was in it. He was the spirit. He would come and dwell on, um, sit on the mercy seat in the in the temple. That's a picture of us now, Coach. Uh, Ezekiel and Jeremiah both prophesy that God's going to take his spirit, and he's going to put it in us. He's going to write it on our heart. He's going to put it in us. And, and what you just described, Coach, I saw that. That is what, that's the spiritual. It's a kingdom. It's a spiritual kingdom. It's not really a national physical thing as much as it is no. spiritual. We have to Amen. see that. That's, who we, that's, that's Randy, that's, what, that's, that's why they spend so much time 
spend so much time over racism. They, they, they want us to fo- focus on the carnal, right? A black man has the same color spirit as I have, whatever that would mean, right? He just happens so, to be in a different bear, model bear, body. We bear witness. See, it isn't the body. You could be blind and deaf, but when you yep. walk into someone and you feel them, you bear witness with the spirit in them. That's, yes, that's, that's right. hard to walk in this, Coach. That's right, man. That's right. Tim, come on in. You know what I like also about Romans? Uh, what is that? Chapter, I think it's four or five, when it talks about when we go through various trials, tribulation. Uh-huh. The word tribulation means that when we go through all this crap, we're being conformed into his son. Amen. In his image, but right? Something that is hard, we should say, thank you, God, to allow yes. me to go through it because I'm being conformed. Randy, or uh, uh, Tim, when I was coaching football and those guys are running the sprints, I always said, you're going to thank me someday. You're going to thank me someday. And it's the same thing. Thank you, Lord, that you took me through that. Thank you, Lord, that you trusted me enough to bring that into my life, that I would get victory over it. Thank you, Lord, that you used that tough time to conform me to your image. Thanks, Lord. Boy, we don't have that attitude about it, do we? Oh, Lord, get me out of this mess. Get me out of this mess. He says, no, 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 you're going through it, dude. You're going to go through it. You're going to be better because of it. Amen. Amen. JR, Junior Phoenix, and then Rich, go ahead. Yeah, um, talking about the guy who emailed you about their son, you know, their 13-year-old son. I was recently talking to my daughter, who's nine, about to be 10 in 10 days. And I think having some of these really tough conversations that I got to I feel like in our current society, I got to open the doors to some of these things yep. that as a parent, I want to protect her from. But she comes to me and like that, do you know what a furry is? Hey, I got these girls at school that identify as furry. And the other day she was talking to me, she was like, dad, uh, is they're teaching about evolution. And, and she's like questioning me all these things. And I keep trying to encourage her. I said, you know, they don't want to teach you to stand out and be different. It's okay to have righteous judgment and happen to help my daughter understand. Don't be afraid mm-hmm. to stand out and be different or talk about Jesus. Cause she said her school doesn't talk about Jesus. They don't talk about God. They sell all this stuff to her mind. And so she, my daughter's become materialistic in a sense, trying to help her understand you have a heavenly father and I'm your earthly father. So mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want my daughter to be exposed to a lot of these things that's going on. But at the same time, if I don't prepare her now, I feel like she's just going to get ate alive. Hey, you can bet she's being already exposed, dude. <laughs> you can bet she's being exposed. If you don't think your child's being exposed, our granddaughter went and stayed all night with a friend the other night. She's 12, she's 12 years old. I never, I never feel good. I never feel good about my children, my grandchildren, staying in somebody else's home. Never, ever, 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 ever. I don't care how Christian their parents are. I don't care any of that stuff. Nobody knows what those influences are. Amen. Really, really careful what they might come home with. Rich, come in. Yeah, Dave, uh, over the years listening to the, you, I have, you've taught me to go to Webster 1828 when I don't know a word. Yeah, there you go. And you were reading those scriptures, and that word mortify smacked mm. me right between the eyes. And I thought, I need to look that up. And and I looked it up, and it said uh, to subdue or to bring subjection as the bodily appetites by abstinence or righteous severities. Wow. And then wow. later down, you read the scripture about uh, a, a, um, a fervent prayer. Right. And then we've always talked about <laughs> contending for the faith. And I thought, wow, you want a hot, powerful prayer? Then subdue those right those bodily appetites, hmm. and 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 yep. and and contend your um, gather yes, your thoughts sir. and and <laughs> take them to the Lord to have that righteous prayer. Thank you. Amen. 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 Rich. Amen. Roger. I'll come in after. Bernie. Thanks, Coach. Real quick. If men would be ruled by God, they would not need to be ruled by men. And uh, Proverbs 28, hmm. 2, for the transgressions of the land, many are the princes thereof. And uh, Proverbs 29, 16, when the wicked are multiplied, transgression increases, but the righteous shall see their fall. Amen. 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 Boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Been some heavy stuff the last couple of days. 
There's some heavy stuff. I didn't even get to. I had some really good stuff I was going to get to. Maybe we'll, we'll get to it tomorrow. But if we don't know, if we don't know our identity in Christ, if we don't understand that there's a difference between an effectual fervent prayer than just a little God bless you little prayer, if we don't, if we haven't figured that out, if we haven't figured out that there really is a, a, a spiritual war that's gone on, and that we are in fact more than conquerors, and the authority that we have as heirs to the throne, as children, as a brother, I'm a brother to Jesus Christ. He is my big brother. Can you? Is that unbelievable? And then my big Amen. brother. My big brother is going right now to the king, and my big brother's uh, uh, is praying for me and pulling me through. My big brother's doing that. Wow, wow, wow! Self-centered Christianity. Gotta, gotta reject it. Hey, gotta run. Blessings. See you tomorrow.